Racing to the finish line, Mortal Kombat on the grind, I'ma finish mine Going through a drought for the clout, had to get in line Now I'm iced out, wrist sweater than a slip and slide Whoa. Hot spot, that's identified Rolling up, picking up the liquor, then I'm finished slide Tell her don't be messing up my vibe when you get inside My whole team carry sticks, they humidified I'ma do it for the culture 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 Welcome in to episode number two from La Cultura We are here with Up in Smoke I am your host, Sean Tyler, along with my compadres, Ben and Mike, the gurus of sticks and whiskey ah, hello welcome and to, good to be here it's it's great to be here as a matter <laughs> of fact uh for for month number two so we basically in episode one set the vibe for what happens here at la cultura uh cigar and social and today we're going to talk a little bit more about the situation of pairing the perfect stick with the perfect beverage and uh, I got a text from Ben earlier in the week asking me about a pairing. And um, he said, what would you like to pair? And I was like, ooh, monkey shoulder. The reason I chose monkey shoulder is uh, the reason I, first of all, how I got turned on to monkey shoulder was I was um, in a liquor store and I saw this bottle with these brass monkeys right, on, right. The, on the bottle. And I was like, that looks interesting. So immediately I start thinking the Beastie Boys, Brass Monkey. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I chuckled to myself. Uh, one of the attendants came over and he's like, have you ever had uh, Monkey Shoulder before? And I was like, I have not. He goes, are you a whiskey drinker? I was like, I, I don't consider myself a, a professional, but I, I do know my whiskeys. He's like, so what do you like? I was like, well, I like something that's not going to feel like old granddad going down. <laughs> right. But, Smooth and sweet. Yeah, 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 but you get a taste of the caramel and you get a, an essence of the aging of the, the whiskey. Right. It's, and like, it, it's one of those ones that just it doesn't burn as soon as you get it. I and mean, that's you, what I love about it. It lights you up a little bit in the mouth, but that's where it's done. That's it. It's like, ha, I'm here. And then it's like, okay, uh, we yeah. go. We're good. Yep. Yeah. And uh, one thing I didn't know that Ben is a weekend mixologist and he told me that monkey shoulder is actually good for creating cocktails and Absolutely. i'm not one to mix my whiskeys i like mine either neat or with a cube or two of ice so how did you come up on this whole blending of monkey shoulder well uh there's there's a lot of staple cocktails out there uh that use whiskeys different whiskeys uh primarily bourbons and rye, maybe some canadian uh, but the Scotch whiskeys, if you go over to Scotland, it is very popular, actually. They are using Scotch uh, to mix in their cocktails. Uh, it's, not, it's kind of foreign here in the States, right? It hasn't really caught up, but we're usually using bourbons and, and rye. But Monkey Shoulder, it's a blended Scotch whiskey, and it's actually very, uh, uh, it's a very good medium for a cocktail. Uh, so what I kind of mixed up for us today, I do enjoy Monkey Shoulder by itself as well. Um, I'm, 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 I'm really fond of more like barrel picks, higher proofs, uh, the hotter the better for me. Um, so when I think of Monkey Shoulder personally, uh, I think of uh, like a, 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 a nice bitter cocktail. So what, what I kind of mixed up for us today side by side with the, the neat tasting of Monkey Shoulder is the, uh, the Boulevardia. Uh, suiting because we are on the boulevard. We are. And, uh, you know, blocks away from Boulevard, boulevard Brewing. But uh, this cocktail specifically is using Campari bitters 
with uh, uh, sweet vermouth uh, along with the monkey shoulder. So it gives a little more of a bitter note. And what that does with cigars, uh, uh, bitter notes on the palate will actually bring out sweet notes, right? So uh, bitter and sweet go very hand in hand when it comes to pairing. So actually, as you're smoking the cigar... Not so good in women, but definitely... Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, keep them separate there, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, so the actual the bitterness in the, in the Campari will actually bring out some of the sweetness uh, behind the cigar. All right, so before we get into tasting uh, the Boulevardia, what are we smoking along with this, and how do we come to the pairing of this particular cigar with this beverage? Um, Mike, let me give me one second here on this one, because it's like my baby. I'm really excited. I know Mike wants, fun. To, wants to get in here and talk about this, too, but this is kind of my baby. This I take a lot of pride in, because uh, this is coming from Hirochi Rabanya, uh, a third-generation tobacco master. Uh, his grandfather, Alejandro Rabanya, uh, has been farming in, or was farming up until his uh, passing in 2010. He was known as the grandfather of tobacco. And so Hirochi Robanyo, uh, ironically, actually Hirochi is, he was named after a Japanese guy. So Hirochi isn't even a, a Latina name, it's actually a Japanese name. Uh, but we have had such a good rapport with Hirochi. I've been such a good, uh, uh, a good rapport with Spencer Drake, the, uh, the founder and uh, operator of White Hat Distribution, which distributes these cigars. Uh, but what makes these cigars so special is the Rabanya family is actually the only privatized Cuban tobacco farm. Uh, so they actually can not only control their Cuban operation, they can actually control a Nicaraguan operation where when you see these other big Cuban names out there, uh, they are totally separate from the actual Cuban company. When you see the Robanya, the La Familia Robanya tag, it's the same family, the same people that are blending the Cuban tobaccos. They're the same ones blending it in Esteli. So are you saying that this is probably the purest Cuban smoke that you can get in the U.S.? Uh, when people, this is my first go-to, when people come in and say, what's the closest thing to a Cuban? I actually have a sampler called Closest Thing to Cuban, and it's a four-pack of Hirochi Rabanya's wow. portfolio. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, I mean, what Ben's talking about with the Cuban cigars that are still down there, Everything that is Cuban is state-controlled, with the exception of the Robanius. So, and even then, there is still some, it's still controlled, but yeah, it's, they're the first, they're the only privatized. So when the biggest thing we get when we're talking about Cuban cigars is the consistency and the quality. And anytime anybody's saying, well, what's a good Cuban cigar? I always tell them the Robania to begin with just because you know the quality is going to be there. And that's, that's the biggest thing that we can offer on the shelves is we all know that the cigars that we're putting in your hands and your mouth are going to have good quality. And there's it. nothing worse than you coming and trying a cigar and the next time you taste it, it's totally different. Yeah. And there's no consistency absolutely. from smoke to smoke. Right, absolutely. And, I mean, you want to be able to actually, when you fall in love with a cigar or you fall in love with a pairing with a whiskey, you want to have that same consistent, you want to recreate the moment. And that's what's going to help you do that. So what should a regular person know about pairing what they're smoking with what they're drinking and how important is that pairing uh, so personally 
I, I kind of, we, we brought it up on the first episode, but uh, smoking is very much, and drinking is very much uh, to each their own experience, right. right? So we're trying to enhance your experience. So it doesn't matter what you enjoy, as long as what you're doing, you enjoy it, right? Um, so with me, when it comes to pairing with cigars and, and beverages, so, I mean, you can pair it with coffees, with uh, red wines, with with bourbons, with even craft beer, right? We even talked about last week. So you can craft it to your taste. It doesn't have to be a whiskey or, or a bourbon. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I learned that when pairing wine with certain foods, it helps to bring out the flavors in those foods and the seasonings and the herbs with what you're drinking. Absolutely. And I was wondering if there's any correlation with the same here with cigars and what you're drinking. There absolutely is, yes. So uh, kind of like what I touched up on before like the bitterness when you sip this uh boulevardia cocktail uh the bitterness on there you can actually it kind of enhances the sweet undertones of the cigar uh but very much so we also do wine tastings here and so we're doing another one here in a little bit and it's a pretty frequent thing but we always pair up these cigars and a lot of times pairing is more contrast than it is uh synonymous right uh because your palate's funny. If you put spice with spice, it kind of gets lost and muddled, right? Well, if you put sweet with spice, things kind of stick That is out my a theory more. on using hot sauce because I've never had it. <laughs> and I'm like, putting hot sauce something to me just destroys it and just makes sure. it spicy. Absolutely. Right. You're not tasting the food. Sure. Well, and it, it brings more out in it, you know, whether it be the food or whatever. But I mean, the thing about cigar pairing with the drink, if you're going to have the drink and you want to get more from it, if you're watching the calories, Grab a cigar. There isn't any calories in this. <laughs> but you, you don't have to be some guru or expert in order to pair what you're smoking with something that you want to drink. To me personally, I don't have the most refined palate. I know what I like. I know I can talk about it. But at the end of the day, when it comes to pairing, sometimes I struggle a little bit. Some of it ends up being dumb luck. You know, I know what goes really well with coffee. I know what goes really good with certain types of beers. But when it gets into the finer whiskeys, the bourbons that Ben's into... I kind of struggle just a little bit with that because I don't have as refined of a palate, but I know that this experience was enjoyable for me. You know, can I take one other thing and recreate it with something else? Probably not, but at the same time, it's all trial and error too. So what you're going to get from it as well, your palate's going to be different, is something totally different that I'm going to get for it, is even as we're drinking the same whiskey right now, smoking the same cigar. And this cigar, by the way, is, is pretty mild. Because when I saw it, it looked intimidating. And, and I always feel that way when I look at a darkly wrapped cigar. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to hurt. And, and one, of the, one of the things, it's funny that you say that you, uh, as you're smoking this, you know, I, I look, you're about an inch in, and you're still saying that it's mild. And actually, nicotine-wise, I wouldn't want to confuse people. This uh, box press Hirochi Rabani, it's very smooth. Like what you're saying, it's very smooth. And it comes off as mild. And as you smoke it more, you've also, you're an experienced smoker. If you handed this, what you're thinking is mild, and you handed it to a guy who doesn't smoke a lot, this isn't going to be that mild to him. But it's blended so well that that chewy, leathery, chocolatey smoke you're getting is just so easy on the palate. It's, it's almost coming across mild, right? And it doesn't stay. Right. No. Yeah. It doesn't stay in your mouth. Yeah. It's, it's very... Exactly. It's not a long finish. It's not a... A bitter finish, right. right? It's a clean, smooth, sweet finish. Absolutely, absolutely. And to your, and your point earlier, Sean, about the whole 
you know, it looked dark. You know, there's a lot of cigars that are in the humidor that look really light, but would smoke even darker in perception. You know, to a blind man, he must think, oh, that's a darker cigar. But it's got that sand-colored Connecticut wrapper on it that it's just a complete sleeper, and all of a sudden, it's got you. And, and we talked about this in the first episode about the importance of the wrapper to the smoke of the cigar that you're smoking. And a lot of people, especially novice cigar smokers, don't really know that or pay attention to that because, again, perception. They'll see a lighter cigar and think, okay, I want that one. That one's not because that right. dark one looks like that is going to be super heavy. Well, and to that point, I mean, Romacraft, they've made a wonderful business out of it. They've got basically four core lines that have different wrappers on them. Two of them have different wrappers on them. So they've got the Intemperance, which has three different types of wrappers over the same binder and filler. So you could smoke three completely different experiences, and the only difference in the cigar, the construction of the cigar, is the wrapper. And then they've got the same and a little bit more of a full-bodied cigar in the Cro-Mag and the Aquitaine. You know, it's the same thing. Same binder, same filler, a little bit of a spicier, heavier body wrapper versus a Connecticut Broadleaf, which is just going to bring out different tones in it. And everybody would say, oh, it's a completely different cigar, but it's all the wrapper. So when you thought about this, when we talked earlier this week, um, Ben, is this the combination that immediately struck you, or did you have to apply some thought? It's like, all right, we're doing monkey shoulder. I want to go this way. Um, you know, uh, it, it, like in our post from earlier, uh, I really liked how Mike ordered it and, and how approachable monkey shoulder is. And that, that right there, it opens up a very wide spectrum. Uh, monkey shoulder is very approachable. It's naturally sweet. It's very smooth on the palate. There's not a lot of a long lingering heat, right? And uh, so honestly, it's one of those cigars that I'm not going to lie, out of my specific humidor, because we're very specific on what we put in there. We taste everything. We, we have to at least see the appeal to people behind that cigar before we put it on our shelf. So personally, such an approachable whiskey like Monkey Shoulder, you could probably walk in our humidor, close your eyes and point to one, and it's going to go well with it just because of the natural sugars behind the cigar and the, uh, and the sweetness behind the whiskey. I mean. And what I'm loving about the combination is that, like you said, it, it's, it's not heavy. This is um, an easy smoke with an easy whiskey. It's, it's, right. Because there are some whiskeys out there that are really good for a good whiskey drinker, but they pack a punch, and that oh, yeah. punch will stay with you. And I can see how if you did that on top of a mild cigar, then it would kind of be overbearing for the experience. Right. Yeah, and, and actually, you're, you're, you're right on that. Actually, the, a lot of times with the stronger, hotter whiskeys, with more of those barrel-proof, uh, honestly, a milder to medium cigar is what I tend to prefer. Uh, when I'm and and honestly, throughout the day I'm usually going medium to full. When I'm smoking those hot or drinking those hot whiskeys, actually a milder stick, it's it's a little more tolerable and it actually brings out more of that whiskey. If I if it's kind of just a, a palate bomb if I'm trying to match it up with a strong spicy cigar and I've got a a strong hot rye, you know, it doesn't. It's almost lost on the palate at that point. So. Ben, and I kind of talked to you a little bit earlier about this. I'm a self-proclaimed whiskey novice. Um, I've gone, pardon the phrase, but balls deep on cigars. I know I'm inside and out. But whiskey, I haven't had that person ever to really guide me down that path. And I'm hoping that, you know, part of this with our podcast, Cigars and Whiskey, 
I can learn a lot from you two who enjoy whiskey a lot. So to lead into that, to ask this question, what makes a whiskey hot? I know what makes a full-bodied cigar. I know what's a spicy cigar. In your words, what's a hot whiskey? Okay, so uh, hot, the heat from a whiskey can be a couple of different things. Uh, if we're talking, you know, premier well-done whiskeys, when we referring to heat, uh, one, it can be the ABV. Um, however, you can have really high alcohol by volume uh, bottles and actually still be very smooth on the palate, right? A lot of times the heat will actually be a direct... Uh, uh, effect from the rye content in the in the whiskey. So typically, the the higher the rye, the hotter the whiskey is going to be. So it's almost the rye counts almost like a, a not the APV but the uh, IBU for like a. Uh, yeah, there you go. That would yeah. be yeah, that'd be a good analogy. The uh, kind of consider the rye as the uh, international bittering units for a craft beer. There you go. And okay. I would say that was the case for a lot, a vast majority of rye whiskeys, except. For Angel's Envy Rye. Okay. Angel's Envy Rye is probably the, the smoothest and most palatable, palatable of rye whiskeys that I've ever had. Yeah, that, yeah, that is a good one. That is a good one. And, and it's hard to find because of that. Right. Because uh, a, a lot of rye drinkers, they go in because they want that harsh. They want to know they're drinking a rye whiskey. Right, yeah, absolutely. But with Angel's Envy, you're getting that, but you're not tasting it. Right. So that, I think, would probably be a good pairing with this as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Next show? If you, if, yeah. If you <laughs> yeah, jump into some rides, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to find a bottle. Uh, and actually, I'm going to uh, try to find um, a whiskey master, master to come on and, and break it down for regions and barrel aging. And, oh, that'd be yeah. Because they've be got fun. a lot of cool blends out now because they're um, – my current favorite whiskey is called Legion. Okay. And it's um, a Japanese Kentucky – whiskey blend i i have i wait i think you may have i think you brought a bottle in a month or so oh ago yeah before. like one of the times again i had a bottle with me yeah, yes. a couple months ago yes. I, th I think i did get a taste of that that was good super good that was good so i mean is that then a japanese whiskey bourbon because it's coming or what i know it has to be kentucky to be a yes. bourbon and it all has to do with the barrels that it's aging in gotcha so uh the the elements that they use to make the whiskey the the uh Barley, barley corn, and corn and, and yeah. all that. It's all Japanese. And it's aged in Kentucky barrels. Oh, damn. Yeah. And then yeah. they there's one that I learned about uh, that was actually aged on ships. And probably you might be referring to Jefferson's Ocean Reserve. Jefferson's yeah. Ocean's Reserve. Because, yeah, 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 it's like uh, they submerged them in salt ocean water. Well, uh, yeah. So the theory behind that, if... Uh, uh, without looking this up, so don't take me for we uh, need a Jamie. Right, exact like truth. But, kind of remember but, the story. Uh, yeah. But the theory behind that is, as far as I recall, is actually the movement of the sea, the bobbing of those barrels, is actually increasing the speed of the age. Yes. So the movement, the natural movement of the sea, is actually getting more wood into that. Into the bourbon. and more of the flavor yes, from, from exactly. the wood and Instead the barrel. Instead of just rotating yes. them like you would in. Because otherwise, it would just sit on a shelf and age. Right. 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 So it's kind of like um, a martini, the difference between one that's shaken and one that's stirred. Right, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Look at us. <laughs> Look at you two. <laughs> so let's go ahead and try this Boulevardia and cheers, gentlemen. Yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. All right, so you'll notice it's going to be a little more of a bitter cocktail, right? So 
And uh, if you're not used to drinking a Negroni or uh, something with Fernet or Campari or anything in there with the bitter notes, it might be a little shock. It's weirdly cranberry-like. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But it's, um, got, it's got that Gatorade feel where it just kind of leaves your mouth, you don't even actually feel like you're swallowing it. So it, as you as you kind of coat your palate with that, if you, if you puff on your cigar, I personally, I get more like a, a rich leather note that I never really got before, before that cocktails on my tongue. I get, I get more of a, a rich leather than I did before. That is a very exotic interpretation of that tasting right there, but I, I see what you're saying. And one thing about this drink that reminds me of um, a lot of cocktails that are served in the winter months, the aromatics are all absolutely. part of the tasting and the flavor of this drink. Sure, absolutely. So it's, it's a full-on experience. So uh, next time you come in to La Cultura and you see Ben, go, hey, make me one of those cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the recipe and you can self-serve. <laughs> That means he doesn't like you. <laughs> it just means you got to bring your own. In. That's it what it bring means. Your own <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about our shop. You can save a. I mean, we talked about in the first episode. You can save a lot of money just by bringing your own booze and then start experimenting around. You know, pour yourself a glass neat. Pour yourself a glass cocktail. This was a three bottle setup. I mean, that's not that hard to bring around if you've got a locker that's gonna easily fit in there. Real easy to do. Do it over ice. That's it. What was the recipe, Ben? Uh, so the recipe on this was, uh, it's very simple, actually, and it can be found on Monkey Shoulder's website, along with, I think, six or seven other cocktails. Uh, this one I, uh, uh, I picked out personally just because of the Campari note, that bitter note, is uh, if I'm going to drink a cocktail or mix something with a whiskey, I tend to go a little more bitter. So, uh, But this one was an ounce and a half of Monkey Shoulder to one ounce of sweet vermouth and one ounce of Campari bitters. Um, very simple, you stir it, strain it so it doesn't water down and dilute, just get it to a nice cold temperature and strain the ice out, and uh, that's it. So what's the price point on this cigar? $14.75. So, and there's, there's another beautiful aspect of this because monkey shoulder is not all that expensive either. No, so. I mean, I, we, no, absolutely. we literally realized that uh, Ben and I had a little miscommunication. I thought the bottle that he bought earlier in the week was something <laughs> La Cultura bought. I was doing and my he, research. He said, uh, <laughs> and, and he said, is that all the monkey shoulder we got? And I said, I, I think so. And I said, maybe you shouldn't have drank so much. And he was like, well, it was my bottle. I get to. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to Mike's Liquor with 40 minutes before the podcast started. Mike's, I, Mike's uh, Liquor. Yes. I took off for Mike's Liquor to go get some monkey shoulder. And to answer your question, Sean, in the state of Missouri, you're looking at $31.99 for a $7.50 of the monkey shoulder. So, I mean, it's, it is a good deal. That's definitely a good pairing and, and inexpensive. And again, this is... What I like to call a shareable whiskey. Absolutely. So this is yeah, definitely something this, you can have in your locker and walk around the room and like, hey, have some of this. The social drink. The you, social you, whiskey, You're yes. not giving anybody the schnickel fritz, right? But you're still giving them a very good whiskey for the money, and you're not handing out a unicorn, you know, watching. Yeah. 
well, somebody it, drink a one-of-a-kind like, bottle that they'll never appreciate. Or it just says whiskey on the label? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. that's, that's the well whiskey. Hey, sometimes those are the best. <laughs> sometimes. Rarely. When I got into Monkey Shoulder, it was actually, I was at Wichita. This was when I was still working for Zycar. It was the end of the week. Um, Old Town Cigars in Wichita, which, which was the picture that Saunders posted earlier over the weekend when he was in Wichita. He was at Old Town Cigars. And it was kind of serendipitous for me, knowing that we were going to be talking about Monkey Shoulder, where that was actually the first place I had had it. The shop owner always told me, he was like, if you come to my shop, you don't have to give me a heads up. Just come on a Friday night. He was like, that's when I drink. That's when I want to sit down. That's when I want to relax. That's when I want to tell stories and just talk to friends. And he said, have you ever had Monkey Shoulder? I was like, I've never even heard of it. What are you talking about? And he's one of those guys that would pull your leg at the drop of a hat. I mean, he was that guy. So when he just said monkey shoulder, he didn't say whiskey or scotch whiskey or anything. I'm like, Nabil, what the hell are you talking about? I'm really going to drink something called get, monkey shoulder. Are, you told me to follow Let you me in the back. my wife. He was like, "Let me." you told me to follow you in the back room, and you're talking about monkey shoulder. So that's when I got introduced to it was over one of their cigars. That's usually how Lifetime movies start. It is. It or is. Showtime. Unfortunately, it's not how they end, but that's for a different <laughs> podcast. But Nabil was kind enough to share that with me, and he said, you know, and he, that's where the words came from when I did the post today, is he told me it's, it's an approachable scotch whiskey. He was like, it's about 35 bucks out the door. He said, but at the end of the day, if you enjoy the effects of drinking a whiskey, you know, the, being able to gauge where you want to kind of get to that happy point without getting too much, but not burn your throat, he was like, it's the perfect drink for it and that's what that's his daily drinker yeah it's definitely a go-to and there is a store while we're talking about liquor stores um, I've had friends who've gone to universities in Arkansas and my daughter went to a university in Arkansas and the halfway point between here and the schools in Arkansas there is a liquor store right in Bentonville not far from the first Walmart Mm mm-hmm called Macanoodles. It's a massive store that has everything. Like if you're drinking it, you can find it in Macanoodles. Macanoodles? Macanoodles. Macanoodles. Yes. So it's the Walmart of liquor stores. Well, Pretty in variety. Well, in I variety. Think of, I think of Lucas Slicker right down off like 135th like and 119th. But this well, is, and you're saying this is this is Lucas level, if not better. Oh, I'd say it's past Lucas level. Oh, this is, and it's so Lucas good. And the prices, my day tomorrow, Stouse. the prices are so good. <laughs> like if anyone hears that you're on your way to Arkansas, you always get an order like, ooh, could you stop by Macanoodles and grab me some? Because they know they'll have it. Wow. And the prices are great. And see, the friends that I run with, I'm a KC transplant. So when I've got friends that come to town and they want to do touristy type stuff, find little, I was like, well, the first stop is always Lucas Liquor because it's like walking into a grocery store. I mean, we love Mike's. It's a close one. We've got a great relationship with those guys. The guys at Lucas, they've got it going on. They have a sommelier on staff. There's um, one, the Lucas Liquors right off of um, like 119th and Metcalf right yeah. there. Yeah, right, yep. Because they have several, right? They've got two in the KC Metro. And they've okay. got one um, 135th state line, Yeah. that whole area. Because I've been to that one, and there's always, it's like Costco in there, because they have tasting stations set up throughout the store. Yeah, they've expanded over the last few years to the neighboring walls, and now it's just, you walk in, and it's, you can spend hours in there. (laughs) And and funny story about that, Lucas Looker, 
that I've actually gone in the middle of an afternoon, like on a Saturday or something, and the parking lot is full of minivans. I was like, oh, this has got to be soccer mom heaven. I'm joking to myself. And then as I'm going in, they're coming out with whole shopping carts full of box wine, bottle wine, <laughs> wine, wine, barrels of wine. I'm like, Jesus. It must be hard to be a mom in Overland Park. And they were Park. probably all Johnson County license plates. <laughs> it's like, it's got to be hard to be a mom in Overland Park. Let's go. And then I realized, oh, kids are being homeschooled, so I get it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I get it. The money I was spending at the liquor store a year ago, ridiculous. I mean, I remember walking into a liquor store, and this is when they first shut down the bars. And everything that wasn't essential before they had really said what is essential was getting shut down. My wife and I, and we keep, I mean, we're the typical white trash, have a full fridge in the garage dedicated to beer. I would call that normal. Okay, we'll go with normal. I'm okay with that, too. You had a fridge. It's only white yeah. trash if it's full of PBR. Yeah. Other than our there is never, there is never, There is never not a case of PBR in my fridge, but I digress. So we walk in the liquor store, and we dropped two, $300, thinking, okay, we may not be able to get to a liquor store for 45, 90 days. We didn't know. We don't know. We didn't know. And at the end of that week, we looked at our supply and we said, shit. <laughs> We're in trouble. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. So now, fast forwarding. Costco membership. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had to come work for Ben to get that Costco membership. Right. But, you know, fast forward a year to get out of the cluster that was last year. You know, having something like Monkey Shoulder at 32 bucks a bottle, I can appreciate that. I mean, and I mentioned in the first episode, it is, because of Nabil down in Wichita, that is something I always do have in my liquor cabinet. And so it's one of those things that we were talking about. I was like, that's a slam dunk for me. I already know I like it. So I'm looking forward to what we move on to next and what we can do. And, and, one, of the, and one of the things to, to kind of tie it back and loop it back, with, with what you said, that price point on the Monkey Shoulder, um, when you go to pair, when you go to do do your palate a favor and don't don't go cheap. I'm not saying go expensive, go crazy, but if you're gonna invest in a decent wine or whiskey or cocktail, whatever it may be, don't go cheap on the cigar. And vice versa, if you got a nice, great cigar you've been holding onto, say like a Padron anniversary or high end Davidoff, whatever it may be. Don't drink the cheap bottom shelf whiskey. Do your palate a favor and, and get on the same level, right? This pairing right here is definitely, as the weather starts to change, a kind of after sundown, after a hard day's work, grab you a nice two or three finger pour of your favorite and grab your favorite stick and, you know, just kind of relax. Right. And neither one of these flavors are too overwhelming where you're going to feel like, all right, this is too much for me to get ready for to wind down or go to bed. This is like heavy. No, this is a really good, I would say damn near perfect pairing for relaxing. This is, this is a, a, a definitely relaxable pairing that we put together today. Well, in this cigar in particular, and, and Ben started talking about it when we were talking about pairings, and he went, he talked about how it is his baby, and he gave the history of Robaini, but we really didn't get to the point of, you're right, the specialness. I got lost in my own bunny trail. That's okay. That's okay. I'll lead you. It I'll, I'll lead you, and I'm setting up here. But the thing about this cigar that Ben didn't mention is that it is this particular size. So the signature line that Hirocha Rabanius put together, available in six sizes, but there is a seventh size. So anybody else that carries his brand 
can have those six sizes, but the seventh size is the Toro Prensado, and the Prensado is a box press. exclusive. So this is the <laughs> only place in the world that you could actually buy the particular cigar that you're smoking. So, Ben, we've talked about it kind of as I was coming on here, but because at the, at the time when we actually announced the cigar was paired up, no pun intended, with the announcement of me coming on board at Local Tora. So, Ben, what's the, what's the scoop behind the story? How did Local Tora get this global exclusive cigar with such a renowned tobacconist? Uh, and, and, and yeah, thank you for bringing me back to that because I, I kind of got lost. But uh, it, it was with the great rapport of uh, with with Hirochi Rabanya and Spencer Drake from White Hat, uh, and, and and the friendship that we had created and the uh, we had kind of become like a flagship for them. We are uh, within actually the Kansas City uh, metro and downtown. We are actually the exclusive retailers for Hirochi Rabanya. So. Uh, we we, we kind of just, they've always shown us support as the little guy, uh, this, this, this young company in this old industry. And uh, Hirochi got right behind us from the get-go and shown us so much love and support. And he puts out such a fantastic product that I can honestly sell it day in and day out. And uh, it just kind of happened last year. Spencer called me and said, hey, what do you think about this idea? And I was so honored. I mean, I was really taken aback that, I mean, just last year, within two years, we got Craft 2020 of 10 Roma Craft accounts in the entire world. We get offered this. Wow. this, well, this. And it's not only 10 accounts. For those that aren't familiar with Roma Craft, they only sell to what, about three to 400 accounts? Right, about three In the entire world. Jeez. Right. So, so out of 10 exclusive. of those, we got chosen for this. And around the same time, now Spencer Drake from White Hat with Hirochi is calling me, wanting to offer us a, an exclusive size uh, and it was just, it was humbling. And so that's why I say this is my baby. I will, I will have bundles of these put away for the rest of my life because th this is monumental in me as an entrepreneur, me and my business partner as well, Swinney. Uh, one of these days we're gonna have to get my business partner on here. He's kind of the, uh, the behind the scenes um, financial guy, right? So uh, and it, and we'll get him out of his shell. He's though. an we'll extreme introvert. He asked me this morning, he was like, Staus, what time is the podcast? And I told him, he was like, all right, cool. Not that he wanted to be here. He wanted to be he away from here. He wanted to know when he wasn't here. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to know when I'm leaving. Yeah. So when you start, I'm gone. So with this particular cigar, it is the signature. So it is, as I sell this cigar, he's got other lines, multiple other lines within his portfolio. But this is the one that he is reminiscent of coming of age smoking cigars. This is... This is what he dubbed his quintessential, and if I'm speaking out of turn here, please let me know, Ben. But this is what he dubbed his quintessential cigar to the point where he said, this is my signature cigar. Right. So as much as we tout that this is the common man's hangout, there is a scotch of bouginess involved, exclusivity, something super special that you can only get other than the amazing vibe here at La Cultura. There are actually sticks that you can get here that you can't get anywhere else absolutely. in this region. Yeah. Absolutely. For the, I mean, we do have some sticks um, with other companies that we are the exclusive for the region. This one in particular, we are the global exclusive. It is available on our website. It's extremely easy to find. We will ship wherever. I mean, there was a shout-out from a guy down in Arizona. There's another shop that has an exclusive cigar with Hirochi, um, Fox Cigar Bar down in Scottsdale, I believe. Yeah. That he gets, yeah, great cigar he gets other rare Hirocho Rabanias from, but he's actually gotten to the point where he's starting to seek out the best of the batch. 
I knew you guys were kind of a big deal. And, <laughs> and the thing about that drew me to coming to work here with Ben and with Swinney was that they're not trying to put everything on the shelf that you can get anywhere else. They're wanting to, they realize, they know their role to quote a, wrote a quote from The Rock. They know that they're the mom and pop shop. They're, they know that the underdog, and that's reflected in what's the humidor as well. It's the guys that have the strive, that want to put out the awesome stuff, that you can actually taste the craft in what they're doing in the cigar as opposed to getting, no offense to anybody else, but the butter Bud Light of cigars that may be a little bit more mass-produced, that quality is usually there, but sometimes can be questionable. We know when we put something on the shelf, it's something we would want to smoke and something we are, is in a regular rotation. And that's good to know that because your humidor is not a small humidor by any stretch of the imagination. Nor is it the biggest. Nor is it the biggest, but to know that it was carefully crafted and it's so put to curated to the point where you know what's in there and you know that there's not a bad stick in that room and there's nothing cheesy or, or lowballing about it. Right. So the price point, you might get a lower price point on some, but you still, even you at can. a low price point, going to get a really good cigar for that price point. Right, and we don't, we realize that palettes are different between us, so everything that's in that humidor, Ben and I have smoked, but it's not necessarily anything we would go for, but we also recognize the quality, we recognize the drive, we recognize the care that went into making that cigar, that we can present it with Locator's brand behind it. So just because it's... Just because you're thinking, oh, well, just because these guys like these particular cigars, that's what I'm going to find in there. We can find a cigar for any taste. Oh, so you actually do, because I know you do a lot of, of, of online uh, purchasing for members, and, and even non-members can go on and purchase cigars Correct, on yeah. the website. And so get delivered right to their Even locker. if you don't have it, you can find it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's got to go through a little bit of a vetting process, um, and it depends on customer want. How much of a demand? How, I mean, it is a business after all. How quickly we can turn it over. But there's also those intangibles that we look for as well. But by and large, if there's a customer that wants to get something that makes sense and they can basically win us over with it, we're down. Is there a minimum purchase that you have to make? Uh, it depends. It, it just varies from vendor to vendor. Um, typically, no. Um, it, it, that, yeah, that's a heavy, that's a loaded question, but typically no, <laughs> typically no. And to pull back the curtain a little bit in the cigar industry, there's something that's called industry standards. Um, and basically every other industry that exists in the cigar, outside of the cigar world, outside of the quality and the leaves that are being used, there really isn't an industry standard on how businesses ran within the cigar industry. So it's hard for us to say, well, what this vendor would do, the other vendor would as well, and you can't have those same expectations as well. Because a lot of these cigars are coming from third world countries. 100%. And we know that they're probably lacking a lot of regulations, which is why when you smoke from some of these houses, the inconsistency in the smoke is there because it's like, yeah, depending on the day. Yeah, and actually, so that's funny you bring that up too because uh, he, that's one of my biggest peeves about the Cuban industry right the, the cuban cigars have have such a prestige behind them right there's such a mystique behind them that people want them they love them they want what they can't have and they and cuba has the potential to make the greatest cigars out there um and unfortunately that's not necessarily the case there are some really good ones out there i'm not gonna lie but there are a lot of bad ones because of the lack of control it's so government controlled 
that they don't care. They don't, they don't put the love and the, the TLC right into every stick where you go over to uh, White Hat to, so this is La Corona, uh, La Corona factory in Esteli is where the Hirochi Robanya is coming out of. Well, that's just miles away from uh, uh, Roma Crafts factory, uh, uh, Nika Suenia, and that's miles away from Black Label Trading Company, Oveja Negra. And so you have these, all these little factories put together in Esteli. And the beautiful thing about Esteli, uh, although it is a third world country, they are still operating on free enterprise, pretty much. They are competing against each other. They are actually, they are actually making each other better uh, by refining, by putting their, how, uh, their, their, their competition so close to each other, all these different factories that are privatized. It actually makes the industry better. It makes them do better. It makes their quality control tighter. Um, and that's why I love the little guys. That's why when you walk into my humidor, yes, I have some of those big names. We do offer some of those, but really our heart and passion is to watch these guys uh, labor over their passion and the love for tobacco, right? Um, so yeah. All right, so if you had to choose Nicaraguan, Dominican, or Cuban? Nicaraguan all day. All right, I have to get up on my Nicaraguans more because uh, I was. Well, you're smoking one now. Uh, yeah, and I, and and I and love not this. Not to say anything against anything else because even this wrap relief. So the wrap relief here. So the factory La Corona is in or, uh, in uh, Esteli, right? Well, the wrap relief is actually an Ecuadorian grown Habano. Mm -hmm. All right, so it is actually grown in Ecuador. Well, in the factory is when they're actually manufacturing right. it, and they are using Nicaraguan binders and fillers from Esteli and Jalapa Valley, which is uh, two different regions in, in Nicaragua, which we can get into more specifics on later podcasts. And it's funny because we mentioned coffee earlier, and the cigar industry sounds a lot to me like the coffee industry. It is, and a lot of people compare it to wine, and the big distinction between wine and cigars is with wine, you've got different varieties or different years or different vintages. And what happens is somebody says, well, this vintage is the best, this one's this, this one's that, even though it's the same brand, the same label, they know each year it's gonna taste different. The thing about cigars is it's subject to the same different environments that grapes are when you're growing grapes for wine. Mm. So if you have a different year as far as the environment goes, too much rain, too much sun, not enough, whatever, it's gonna affect that tobacco. However, the expectation with cigars is outside of limiteds, from year to year, it's gonna taste the same. So what ends up happening is the same leaf that they would have pulled a year before to create this specific taste, this specific specific note in the cigar, they've actually got to replace they got to pair it with something else. Yeah, they got to replace it with a different priming or a different leaf or actually from a yeah. different valley. It, but to make the same taste. Just to make that same <laughs> taste. Right. And the processes between how they grow, treat, and dry the wrapper and the actual tobacco that goes in the cigars is two different processes altogether. And that's why you get a lot of cigars that have wrappers from different regions. Right. And, and just appear different as well. Wow. I actually learned something today there in this podcast. <laughs> I feel like I am becoming more of a cigar aficionado. There you go. There you go. That's the idea behind it, right? Because usually I'm, I'm just worried about the taste and the smoke. And I was never concerned about the wrapper or where the tobacco had come well, from. But I do know that when I started smoking and I had a Cuban and I had a Dominican 
And I don't think I really ever had a Nicaraguan other than right now, and I was favoring Dominican, but this is... Changes your mind on it? Absolutely. Well, and here's the thing, and the number's been kind of romanticized and guesstimated at the best, but it's estimated from when the seed is planted until you actually put it in your hand and smoke it, 300 pairs of hands touch that tobacco wow. from seed to shelf. So the joke that I've been telling all these years about how I want a cigar that's been grown and wrapped on the thighs of virgin Ethiopian women means absolutely nothing now. Well, it can. That's just one of those 300 pairs of hands. Right. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to find 300 virgins to put me a cigar together. So You're not. You're yeah. not. It won't be a virgin Piro. <laughs> might, might be ass out on that one. You know, hopefully in your scenario, that's number 299 in your 300. But at the end at of the day. the last one that touches. the last one. You know, just because a chef is amazing, he's not the one that raised the cow. Ah, I see what you there did you there. That's yeah. very, very well I put. I see what you did there. Very well put. All right, so uh, as we come to the close here, uh, we're getting to the close. Uh, the pairing is absolutely up to the palate of the person who's smoking and drinking. But as Ben so eloquently pointed out, don't go cheap if you want to enjoy the experience of your pairing on either the whiskey or whatever you're drinking and whatever you're smoking. Right. Doesn't when have you, to be super expensive, no, it but you doesn't. don't want to be like having right, a black even, and mild and some Jack Black. Right, but even a $32 bottle of a blended scotch, that's, that's on the lower spectrum of, of any Absolutely. scotch, right? Yeah. But for the quality that you're getting, it's fantastic. What I'm saying, yeah, don't pair this up with a four dollar bundle stick a throwaway stick that you'd see uh, your grandpa smoking yeah, and gnawing so, on for two days right like, don't get a backwoods yeah. and a bottle of r and r <laughs> and think you're about to have a great evening because exactly. that's not that yeah, can yeah, be exactly. your gateway and that's fine and that's fine absolutely but if you're going to go to the trouble to actually go out buy a cigar and have that sticker shock of spending more than what you're used to spending just spend a couple bucks more you know we're been saying you know a four to five dollar a seven to eight dollar cigar we could even make it go a long way yeah you're willing to pony up just a couple more dollars, get to that 10, which at the end of the day, who's going to miss that in a month? Just go ahead and get yourself a See, good and $10 And I'm using all this cigar. information as I begin to uh, understand what I want to put in my locker. I'm like, okay, this is what I want to smoke, and no, I already know what locker, I want to drink. We got good $30, $40 sticks for you, Sean. <laughs> I love it here. Spend that and radio there's, money. There's more <laughs> coming next week. Spend that radio money. Uh, okay, so... In the next podcast, I want to talk about um, some of the wrappers on some of these cigars can be pretty uh, flamboyant and, and extreme. And I want to find out, does it have any bearing on the smoke or is it kind of like uh, a Mercedes-Benz emblem, but you're getting the C-Class? We can go there. So we we'll, can we'll, definitely go there. We'll, we're definitely going to go yeah. there. But as we begin to close out, I want to start to get more information out about how you can become a member of La Cultura. And even if you're not in town, if you want to purchase your, your cigars, now that you know that these guys are curating a cigar humidor that is like no other, and they have exclusive, globally exclusive cigars in that humidor. So, uh, Ben, let's talk about, again, how, one, you become a member of La Cultura and how easy and how affordable it is. Yeah, so if you go to our website, laculturacigars.com, uh, we have a membership page on there. And actually, we, even if you come into our store and tell us you want to sign up, we're going to have you pull out your phone, scan our QR code, or go to laculturacigars.com. So uh, you can do it from the comfort of your home or here. Uh, go to the membership page. We have four different tiers from $10 up to $100 a month. Each have offering different amenities. 
the more you want, the more you pay. Really, that's, it's that simple, right? So, uh, however, for even the out-of-towners, I really recommend our $9.99 subscription package. It's our Velado tier. And our tiers are named after the primings of a tobacco plant. And the bottom tier is Velado. And it's the biggest, broadest leaf, right? And the reason why we named this, we put it at the lowest price point at $9.99. And what it does, it actually, even online, it triggers your online account with a 10% discount on any product that is not limited edition. So an average cigar smoker, you're spending two to $5,000 a year on premium tobaccos if you're a, if you're a cigar smoker. A serious cigar smoker. Um, so we break this down, and honestly, uh, I would like to run a report and actually see uh, a, a cost analysis, but a majority of your regular smokers are going to make that $10 back every month and some, right? And, and our, 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 our costs are all MSRP plus our state tax. That's it. We don't we do don't shipping. We don't do any foo-foo. We don't do any this is limited. We're the only ones that sell we it, so we're going to add an extra 20%. Right. We're, we're not going to pay for we the cup of We call those the add-ons. No, we we're not going to pay for the cup of coffee on the way to the post office, the yeah. credit card processing fee. Yeah. All that stuff is it's figured into our budget, and it's so, not so a part of cost So our 10% discount at some shops, I'm not saying all shops, I'm not saying specific ones, at some shops would be more of a 20% discount. So, okay. And not only that, Missouri happens to enjoy one of the lowest tobacco taxes in the country. And I, you know, knock on wood that I didn't jinx this by saying that. But at 10%, there's only a couple states at 0% that are actually cheaper. So, you know, it behooves people that are out of the city or out of the state, you know. What about out of the country? There are some that we can ship to. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah that's different. We would we request to be. Uh, formally contacted by those yeah. people first. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. But at the end of the day, you're going to find a lower price point because we're not adding in that extra cost and we don't have an exorbitant tax rate. Ours is 10%. Other states are all the way up to 100%. Yep. So the same cigar, you know, let's say that cigar happened to be available in a state of Alaska where it's 100%. That's a $28 cigar. Wow. So you could actually... Even ask questions if you're uncertain about a cigar purchase or something. Do you have like a, a, a package or a bundle that you get to somebody like they just want to try different ones every month? You'll have like a special well, bundle that you even might my, try these? My little brother, he lives in California, and I don't know the exact tax rate, but it's north of 50%. So not only is he trying to support his big brother by shopping with us, but when we put bundles up, chances are he'll go ahead and buy one just because he knows he's going to be able to get a curated cigar at a lower price point than even if he knew about that cigar, he'd be paying close to double what he's paying here. Yeah, and on those samplers, we, we, we release, if you follow our social or whatnot, we'll, we're consistently releasing different samplers. We'll throw in some limited edition products. But, but honestly, what, what, what really... Uh, drives my passion what I'm uh, what not only I but even Stouts here and what we try to put the passion I mean Trey who's up here running the counter now he he is a passionate certified retail tobacconist and we love here at La Cultura is to get you specific samplers so I want to know what you smoked last and liked I want to know what you smoked last and didn't like because I want you to get a sampler of new stuff that you're going to love that's curated to your style and taste just throw out a sampler and you buy them All right. and like half of them no, I want to put together a sampler for you specifically so you're going to enjoy every single experience. That's what keeps people coming back. And see, that's the beautiful thing about La Cultura. It's not about La Cultura. They make everything about the consumer. Mm -hmm. 
So whether you're coming in and you're enjoying the vibe and the camaraderie of meeting new people from different environments and just hanging out and chilling, even if you're wherever you are and you want a cigar, you want to experience something that you're going to enjoy, like you said, once you join and find out your taste and your style and you're liking, you're going to get something that's curated for you specifically. Right, absolutely. So you're not just like shipping out the same bundle to 8,000 people because that's what it is this month. It's I special. I 8,000, but yeah. I mean, I mean you know. I mean, if, oh, if we're going to get there. If you all want to do there. that, you can, but, yeah. uh, but, but I'll need a lot more manpower before we do 8,000 custom samples. Well, I happen to know Mike Saunders has worked in a warehouse Man. before, so he's, there we go. he can make that happen. Man of many talents. But do not let him be the guy that you think is going to be the virgin wrapping cigars on yeah. his thighs. because We know better. <laughs> that ship has sailed. <laughs> That those, ship is sailed. Those thighs are old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably ashy. And Noah Mike, it, it needed some serious sun. <laughs> but yeah, what's the website again? LaCultureCigars.com. L-A-C-U-L-T-U-R-A Cigars.com. So right. that is The Culture. Break that down, direct <laughs> translation. The Culture. The Culture. Cigars.com. All right. Well, we definitely appreciate everybody who tunes in and listens to this podcast. And we hope that we bring you something interesting, something informative and some interesting, something entertaining every month. And um, for you novice cigar smokers, giving you a little bit more knowledge to understand what you're smoking and why you're smoking it and the differences between what you've had before and knowing what you're smoking now, because I definitely learned something today. And uh, Nicaragua has moved up on my list. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you. That has been another episode of Up in Smoke. Uh, Mike, Ben, once again, episode two in the books. Thank you so much. Salute. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. And then real quick also, shout out to Twiggy with the uh, intro music. Oh, man. Twigs, our man. He's another another tobacconist on staff here, and he actually wrote our intro outro. Shout uh, out. A little tune in uh, one day. That's nice. That's nice. So um, we're out of here. We'll do this again next month. Smoke in good health. Be well, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Had to get in line. Now I'm iced out. We're sweater than a slip and slide. Hot spot, that's identified. Rolling up, picking up the liquor, then I'm finna slide. Tell her don't be messing up my vibe when you get inside. My whole team carry sticks, they humidified. I'ma do it for the culture. 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 I got the world on my shoulders. So I blow the best smoke to take the weight off. Never take a day off. I do it for the culture. Spin a honcho and watch the offset take off. I'ma do it for the culture. 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 Gotta make the groove dope, Cusco. Gotta do it big, pockets never on Robusto. I was struggling until the day I made a move. Now my diamonds does the linen, La Padazos de Jesus, bro. That mean Jesus pieces, diamonds white, but in the light they look like Reese's pieces. It all worked out once I started working out. Got Shia buff, then got even Stevens. Now I'ma do it for the culture. 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 I'ma do it for the culture. I'ma do it for the culture. I'ma do it for the culture.